Just before we go into today's show, today's episode is sponsored by the Mystery Football Kit Co. So the guys over at Mystery Football Kitco have reached out to us and happily agreed to sponsor the podcast and support us as a small business ourselves. They are Leeds fans and what they are offering is a Mystery Football Kit Box. And if you're not sure what a Mystery Football Kit Box is, it's the opportunity to get your hands on a shirt you might not have got before. It's from any team, from any time, including this season as well, all over the globe. All you have to do is select your size on their website as well as any kits or colours you don't want to feature in your mystery box. So obviously you'll be selecting no red kits in that category straight away. And your very own mystery shirt will arrive on your doorstep and you won't know what kit you've received until you open up. All of their shirts are hand-picked to each order and every item is of high quality and I must emphasise as well genuine brand new football shirt from either this year or any previous year from any club around the world. And because of our partnership, as well as the fact that we like to look out for our listeners, if you enter the code LUFCFANZONE at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your order. So make sure you head over to Mystery Football Kit Co on Instagram or www.mysteryfootballkitco.com to check them out. And make sure you add the discount code LUFCFANZONE at checkout. Hello and welcome to episode one of LUFC Fanzone's Agent Talk. I'm Sam Isles. And I'm Jack Ellis. And usually on our LUFC Fan Zone podcasts, we're joined by a former player or manager to speak about their career at Leeds United. However, this summer's transfer window will be bringing you all the latest Leeds United transfer gossip, bringing you weekly exclusives straight from the players' agents and giving you their word on a potential transfer to Ellen Road. Our agent exclusives will be gathered directly by ourselves as opposed to gaining them from somewhere else and other sources. And we'll attempt to gain the word from every player's agent that Leeds are linked with this summer but I'm sure you'll understand some agents prove harder to get in contact than others, so we'll have to pass on some. As well as the exclusives, we'll be joined every week by former Opta analyst and Leeds United fan Martin Riley to get an insight as to what sort of player Leeds are getting linked with. And Martin will use data that he's gained from watching the player in question to give his opinion on what sort of player Leeds are looking at. Martin, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get on with this and, yeah, I'm really excited about the whole thing. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we'll be giving you weekly updates on Leeds' transfer activity. However, as today's show is the first of LUFC Fan Zone's agent talk, and because the transfer windows only just officially opened on the 1st of July, we'll be going over the players that Leeds have been getting linked with over the past couple of weeks. But before we start talking about the recent transfer rumours, Jack and Martin, where do you think Leeds need to strengthen this season? And what sort of positions do you think that Leeds need to be looking at to take the step up from last season? Because it was obviously a great achievement to finish ninth in the Premier League. But of course, like every year, they'll be looking to add new players to the squad. Yeah, I think the first first and foremost, it's the Alioski replacement. Um, that's that's a must. Because so, I think at the time of this going out, Alioski will be a free agent. His contract will have expired. Uh, where he goes to yet, I don't really know. Uh, but I think first and foremost, the first signing we need to make is an Alioski replacement who can be a long-term replacement in that role. Because I think for a number of seasons now, Alioski's he's been a he's, he's been a good player. He's been a fantastic servant to the club. But there's, there's always been question marks. I think should we challenge for Europe? Is is he one of them players who can make the cut? I don't know. Um, but I think now more than ever we need a. If like if we want to push on for Europe, I think these are the type of opportunities where we need to go out and sign somebody marquee, and obviously we're going to move on to that marquee signing who we're heavily linked with later in the show. But 
what do you think, Martin? Who do you think we should strengthen with? Because I think you're a lot more qualified to talk about this than me. <laughs> ah, he's, you're very, you're very kind. Um, well, for, for, first for me, I want to see a, a new central midfielder in in the side. Uh, I think when Click went went through that time last last season when he wasn't quite firing on all cylinders, we don't really have anyone who can match his out his output. Um, not just of going forward, but also defending defensive wise. He's at our most productive central midfielder. When he's not on on the pitch, we do suffer. Um, so that's one thing I would want is a, a midfielder similar to Click, but maybe with a bit more dribbling ability, someone who can break break forward into into space. That's something that Click isn't the strongest at. I think that's the sort of profile that I would look to get midfield. I do feel that we need a right-footed winger. Um, all our wingers are left-footed, which makes things very difficult for us to change things when we're when we're struggling a bit with our current wingers, if Harrison isn't quite doing the right things, even if Rafinha isn't making the impact that we need. We could do with one on the left side who can cut inside and, and hit the difference. Harrison gets a bit predictable because he, he, have just one, he have a, goes one side and crosses or he'll try, try to dribble inside, but it just doesn't always work for him. So I think a right-footed winger would be very, very helpful for us. And obviously, like you said there, uh, the left back in replacement of Alioski is a definite, definite need, especially if Alioski doesn't sign. Personally, I do hope he does sign because it would be great to have him there just in case the new left back isn't quite up to, up to Bielsa's standard. Then we've at least got Alioski who knows Bielsa's systems inside and out. And then we don't have a problem in that position going forward. But we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, like you mentioned, Martin, arguably one of the priorities this season, especially with Gianni Alioski likely to leave, like you said, is that left-back role. And although it now seems certain who that left-back arriving at Leeds will be, this summer we've been linked with a lot of left-backs over the last few weeks. And at first it started with Nicholas Perraud from Brest, who was going to be the man to arrive at Leeds in that left-back. And I reached out to his agent in February, and he told us that despite the strong media interest, There'd been no contact from Leeds at all to Brest or his representatives. But he did tell us that despite there being no approach, that him as the agent felt that Perraud would have been a perfect player for Leeds and had all the attributes to be a Leeds United player, especially under Bielsa. But it now seems that the Frenchman's going to go and sign him with Southampton. For, I think it was reported £8 million. And then after Perraud, it was Nicolas Tagliafico from Ajax. And again, we got in contact with his agent who in May told us that he didn't want to comment on that speculation, but, but did say that Tagliafico had been contacted by a number of clubs, which he didn't name. But he did say that Nicholas was very likely to leave Ajax this summer and both Tagliafico and Ajax had an agreement in place for him to start a new challenge at the end of the season. And after Tagliafico, there was Javi Gallan from Huesca, who, despite featuring the league team of the season, from the relegated Huesca, which meant that these release clause in his contract fell to €4 million. Euros. The links began between him and Lees to get one of the La Liga's best left-backs in a struggling team at a snip price. But once again, we contacted his agent and he replied that he didn't want to comment on the speculation, but there was very strong links coming from Spain. However, finally, on Monday morning, it was reported that Lees had finally secured their left-back with Barcelona's junior Firpo reportedly closing on a move to Leeds. And because of the interest, I managed to find a source very close to the player, but it was someone who didn't want to be named, to ask about that situation. And he confirmed to us that the deal was indeed very close. 
And he exclusively told LUFC fans that it wasn't media speculation and that the clubs were very close to reaching an agreement. Going on to say that a move will be a straight permanent deal as opposed to a loan, which was mentioned in some reports, for a fee of straight €15 million, Euros, which should be completed by the start of next week and the player signing a long-term contract. And going by that source and them words, surely it means that fine leads have their left back. So what can we expect for Junior Firpo Martin and what have you found out about him? Uh, well, I've watched a couple of Junior's games, uh, one from his time at Barca and one from when he was at Betis. It was a bit hard to find footage of his time at Barca because he didn't really play a lot of games. And I didn't want to find footage where he was only playing 10 to 15 minutes at the end of the, end of the game. So I did find some eventually. And he doesn't have a lot of defensive work to do at Barca. Obviously, they are quite dominant over most sides. And the game I did watch, they beat Alaves 5-1. And Messi kept distracting me by not scoring not one, but two wonder goals. So that really did make it much more pleasant doing because I'm a big Messi stand. Um, I can tell you that he played a wing-back, pretty much behaved like a mid left midfielder for most of the time. He's very attacking. He times his runs very well and likes to get in behind, which is something which could complement our attack very well. He's also comfortable on his weaker foot, so you do quite often see him carrying the ball into the middle of the pitch if there isn't space on the flank. And that's a very good trait for us to take advantage of, something which we've seen from Stuart Dallas, because he's naturally right-footed, and he plays on the left sometimes, so we, we see him bringing the ball inside. Um, I've noticed that he can, that Junior Firpo can commit himself too far forward on, on times, um, but that could be tactical base on Barca because they were play, playing with a wing back on the game that I watched. But I do feel that his attacking strengths outweigh his defensive mis misgivings, in my, and I think he would be a great signing and definitely an improvement on Alioski. Not to disrespect Alioski, um, but he, he would offer something different. There have been some question marks by his time at Barcelona and some people who I know who watch Barca a lot more said that he was a big failure for Barca and that there's a lot of people who were quite dis disappointed with what he ended up giving after he was a really good promising player from Betis in the, and, uh, and in under-21s for Spain. Yeah, he was very, he had a lot of potential back then. That's why he was so wanted by Barcelona at the time. But I, I still feel that if Bielsa can get his hands on him and do his usual magic... Um, we could have a very good player on our hands. Yeah, and like you said, his attacking abilities would be perfect in a Leeds United Bielsa side because obviously the left-back and right-back are a key to the attacks at Leeds. And going by that information you told us, Martin, especially for €15 million, Euros, it seems that Junior would be a great addition to Leeds because just two years ago, before I moved to Barcelona, both Manchester United and Liverpool getting linked with him when he was at Betis for €45 million, Euros, which... It's 30 million more than Leeds are going to pay, which seems that once again Bielsa's got another bargain. So, what do you think that'll be like, Jack? Do you think this will be another good signing from Victor Orta? Well, it's impossible to say before he's even signed the dotted line. Um, but going off what Martin said, he kind of ticks all the, let's say, Bielsa boxes in that what he demands from a, a wing back or a full back, you could say. Um, I think, like, like I say, I, I, um, I have a quarter of the knowledge what Martin does about football and that's why he's on here as a specialist and I'm here listening to him uh, and just taking it all in. But, you know, you watch Leeds and all you see is just overlap, 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 pressure, 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 attacking football. And I think if he's got already got that play style in him, I think Bielsa's only going to make that better. I think naturally, if he's a player who likes to get forward and attack, then if Bielsa, like you said, just works his magic with him, then there's no reason why, you know, he, he can't be a massive success at this club. 
Yeah, and as well as the signing itself, our source also told us that Leeds and Barcelona had been negotiating for the deal for, if not weeks, it would be months, which shows that Leeds are keeping their transfer targets under wraps and away from the media, which can only be a good thing, can't it, Jack? Because this deal has totally come out of the blue when it seems all but done, which means that nothing can get in the way when the media jump on it and potentially distract or change a transfer like that. Yeah, I think it goes without saying that the more public a transfer is, the more opportunity there is for other clubs to come in and, let's say, hijack the deal. Because if, like, let's say, for example, if another club sees that we're getting this player for a fraction of the price is actually worth, they might come in and think, this is a great deal. We're going to go in and offer a bit more and try to lure him to us instead of Leeds. So I think it's always good practice to keep it under the radar. And so with the amount of deals especially from last season as well where we got players let's say on the cheap like Rafinha for example he was I, th- I think he was purchased for the same if not less than what he arrived at Renz the season before and look how he's turned out and that was a pretty under the radar transfer from my knowledge anyway up until the day where he was due to fly over to Leeds so I think that's probably the best way to go about it like I say just do all your business on the side and there's an opportunity for other clubs to come in and try to steal your player. Yeah, and when the Junior Firpo deal was leaked initially, it all came from Spain. And like you said, the Rafinha deal all came from France before it was mentioned in England. And I hope you won't mind us saying, but the source which told us his information about the deal wasn't based in Leeds either. And it's not to disrespect the local journalists in Leeds for not releasing the transfer news before them. I just feel as if it's Leeds' work to make sure these leaks don't get out. And they're doing it really well because last over the last few seasons, the transfer news has been always gained from sources away from Leeds and in the opposite countries, which shows that the information isn't coming from the Leeds and isn't being leaked by Leeds United. Absolutely. I believe in keeping information leakage to a minimum, only releasing the information they want to be leaked and keeping the stuff hidden, which could jeopardise potential signings. Uh, Junior Firpo seems to be the left back that we've been targeting for the last few weeks and months, who then we haven't known about. Lots of people have been speculating over which players could it could be. Lots of different like agents have, have leaked names and you spoke of a few names like Tagliafico that didn't, didn't end up being and could potentially just be an agent talk and just guessing about who would go for who what players would be available for cheap. But this is the only one who was the actual target by the looks of it. And we've, we've only found out about it a few days potentially before his signing is made official. So I'm very pleased with that. But on from the left-backs, finally, and on to another player leader who's been strongly linked through this summer, and for the past few summers, actually, which is Cagliari's Nathan Nandes. Although there were local reports claiming that Nandes isn't even on Leeds' transfer shortlist, the reports from Italy made me contact his agent, and he was very open with us, but at some points it seemed as if he was too open with us and leaking too much information. As you might remember, Abel Hernandez was close from Le- As you might remember... Abel Hernandez was close to a move from Hull City to Leeds a couple of seasons ago. And that transfer was seemingly driven by his agent. And both Abel Hernandez and Nathan Nandez share the same agent. But despite that, he did exclusively tell us that Nandez wanted to play in England and that a move is a real possibility. And he also told us that the Cagliari president and Andrea Radrazzani are very close friends and that they have spoken about a potential deal and that it's in the goodwill of the two friends to close the operation. Nandes' agent also said to us that both the player and the Cagliari president have an agreement that he can leave the club after he helped him avoid relegation to Serie B 
and that they'd also two big clubs in Italy trying to sign him. But Nandes himself wants to pick Leeds over the Italian clubs. But he did admit that a move to Leeds wasn't close. Now, they are quite strong words from an agent. And although I'm no way saying that he's lying or giving false information, but in my opinion, he's trying to push the transfer as opposed to the deal being a real possibility like he's describing. And he might even be using Leeds as a club to help drive interest from the other clubs and maybe loan himself some more money and get financially benefited about mentioning Leeds. But nevertheless, you've been watching Nandes, haven't you, Martin? So what have you found out about him? Well, I've watched a couple of Nandes' games, um, both for Cagliari. Um, in, in one of the games, he started off as a central midfielder and he ended the game as a left-back. In the second game, he started off as a right wing-back and ended the game as a left wing-back. Um, which Leeds-born player does that remind you of? Stuart Dallas, maybe? <laughs> spot, spot on. Uh, basically, he's the Uruguayan Stuart Dallas. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He can play in any position that Bielsa would want him to. I've been loving what, watching him. Uh, the best player I could compare him to, at least in his style, is Jamie Shackleton. Um, but a more mature, technical Shackleton. He's got a big engine. He never stops moving. He closes down his mark from the first minute to the 90th. So that definitely ticks Bielsa's boxes. He's good with the ball at his feet, and the stats show this. He's, he tends to prefer to run with the ball at his feet and doesn't often dribble past players. He only dribbles by them one and a half times per 90. But when he does do so, he's very successful with it. He dribbles past his players 64% of the time, which is a lot higher than any, any other Leeds player is dribbling. So that would take the blocks that I said earlier about having a central midfielder who likes to dribble past people when needed. He's also more dangerous at driving in space with his progressive carries. He was 5.2 per 90, which is quite a lot. Going back to his defensive output, he will be loved by Bielsa with his pressing as he attempts nearly 20 pressures per 90. And he held through defence as well with nearly three tackles and interceptions combined per 90. Uh, it's just one well, of the positions I've seen him play in has just impressed me. Um, when, when he's playing at left back, you can see him press, pressing down the, the right winger or, or the right back, whichever one is on, on the ball. And he, he seems to time his pressing well as well. And when you, you see, he sort of anticipates when the ball's going to pass to the player who's his target. And then he's already closing them down as the ball's moving towards him. So he would be great for us. Yeah, I hope it is something which is going to happen, but we'll see soon. Yeah, and like you were mentioning earlier about his adaptability, the other night he was playing for Uruguay against Bolivia in the Copa America, and he, he played right back in that game. And he won the Man of the Match award, which shows that not only is he adaptable to playing in any position, but he also does it at a very high quality. And Nandes also has a reported release cause at Cagliari of €35 million, Euros, which Leeds will have to pay to bring him to Ellen Road, which will make him a club record signing, overtaking Rodrigo, who obviously signed last window. But do you think Leeds should shell out that much for a central midfielder, even though he can obviously play other positions? And more specifically, do you think they should be spending that amount of money on Nathan Nandes, Jack? Well, I think ultimately know how much we've got to spend and... I don't think we'll make the same mistake twice of overspending to the point like we did in the early 2000s. So on that front, I won't really see that as an issue. Um, like I say, Otter and Bielsa are sensible enough to know that to target players within our price range. Um, whether it's worth it, once again, he's, I mean, he's an international, established international, adaptable, so he ticks all the boxes for what Bielsa likes in a player. Um but to be fair, going off price tags, especially with Leeds, it's 
it means nothing. Oh, well, obviously it means something, but you can't judge a player solely off it because on that logic, you'd say that Rodrigo's been twice a player that Rafinha has, and that's obviously not true, is it? So you, you can you can give it as a an estimation, but I think they might just be overpricing him a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, price doesn't always mean everything. Yeah, of course. And as well as Nandes, Leeds are also getting linked with Hertha Berlin's Matthias Kunha. However, unfortunately, we haven't managed to get in contact with the, with his agent for a comment on them links. But it's clear that Leeds are looking to bring in options in that central midfield because there's been Kunha, Nandes, just linked this transfer window, as well as Rodrigo de Paul and Michael Cuisance last season. So it's obviously an area where Bielsa wants more bodies. And there's also been links with West Brom's Mateus Pereira. There's also been links with West Brom's Mateus Pereira since the end of last season. And we got in touch with his agent to ask about that. And he told us that although he believes Mateus is a great player and deserves to play in the Premier League, which of course he currently isn't because West Brom got relegated, there's been no approach or conversations between West Brom and Leeds about that deal so far this summer. Earlier this week, we also brought the news that Leeds had approached Manchester City about their central midfielder, Yangel Herrera, who spent last season and the season before on loan at La Liga side Granada. However, his agent also told us that there was nothing more than an inquiry at this stage and that Leeds were one of a number of clubs to ask about Yangel's situation. So that might be one to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Moving on from central midfielders, and another area which Leeds are seemingly looking to add to is the wide options with an incoming winger of real possibility. As expected, Jack Harrison is believed to be as expected, Jack Harrison is believed to be signing permanently for Manchester City for around thirteen million pounds, but there's also been a lot of other wingers linked with Leeds over the last couple of weeks. Adama Traore, Ryan Kent, as well as the Georgia winger Kavetche Kavashkila from Ruben Kazam. But the name who's been linked the strongest is Club Bruges Noah Lang. And it's been confirmed that Lang is on Victor Otto's transfer shortlist this transfer window. And we managed to get in contact with Lang's agent just last week. And he told us that at the moment it's too early to comment on that speculation. And he prefers not to comment at the moment. But we all should be patient about a potential deal. And although he isn't giving much away, Lang is believed to be a player Leeds are interested in. So what have you found out about him, Martin? Uh, Noah's a very exciting player to watch. Um, I watched him on the left wing in a Champions League game for Club Bruges against Zenit St. Petersburg. He's got a similar defensive work to Jack Harrison, which is a massive compliment in itself. Uh, quite often you see him turn up inside his own box to help out defending as well, which will be something he also likes. Um, but then after he's been defending, he bursts forward with a lot of pace to be on the attacking side. Um, what I like most about him is his close control. He keeps the ball very close to him when dribbling. He can very quickly get out from under his feet to quickly pass or to shoot. And that turn of pace, like I mentioned before, is even better because he's got a very quick burst of it. So he can, he can go from standing still to moving at really quick speed. He's quite agile. Uh, I don't want to say Messi-esque because that's well too much of a compliment. But he, he does have that, that agility about his movement, which is always good to watch. Um, and to, to top it off, the game that I watched, he scored as well. Um, I didn't even know that he scored before the game because I couldn't find much footage of, of them because the only games I could find was in Champions League because you, you don't find much full-game footage of um, Jupiler Pro League in, from Belgium. <laughs> uh, but the, the goal itself was great. Uh, the ball was passed into him and he, fl- he flicked it up and just hit it perfectly on the volley, which was just great. I really enjoyed it. I don't have much in way of advanced stats for him because uh, the Jupiler Pro League is... You, you can only find quite basic stuff 
but it just really the stuff I did find confirmed what I could see from the game that I watched was that he's a very exciting player. There's some potential misgivings about his um, character, which I'm sure a lot of Leeds fans will see in, in the media. Um, some, I'm not going to go into some optimism in here. People can find it quite easy what I'm talking about. But if that, that is a problem with his character, I'm sure he has been fully vetted by Victor Orta, um, that he, if we do go for him, it will have been we've seen positive signs from his personality or people who know him that the claims by him are false or got not found in them, whatever like you can say about that but that's for them to talk, talk about more yeah and lang was only on blown at club bruges last season from ajax but there was a clause in his contract which allowed the belgian side to make the deal permanent for around five million pounds something which they did take up and despite only just signing permanently club bruges are willing to sell him for a quick profit Despite only just signing permanently, Club Bruges are willing to sell him for a quick profit and they're believed to be willing to accept an offer of around 20 million euros. But do you think that'll be good business, Jack? Yeah, look, you can only go off what you've seen of the player and that for me is YouTube highlights. Uh, Every player looks like Messi before you sign them on YouTube highlights. (laughs) So it's it's, it's hard to say whether they'd adapt or not. like I said, the Belgian league, it's obviously a good league in itself, but it's not the Premier League in terms of standard. Um, obviously, he's teared up. He's, he's done well for himself over there for him to get the recognition to get a move to the Premier League. Uh, but, you know, it's it's, it's, it's like it's a different it's a different game in the Premier League. You know, the, the standard's higher. You don't have enough time on the... You don't have as much time on the ball. Defenders are stronger. Everything is to a different level. And... Yeah, and if we are looking to add another winger to their side, as well as Jack Harrison, which is believed to be the case, what do you think that means for Leeds' other wingers at the club, such as Helder Costa and Ian Perveda? Because obviously Rafinha is an obvious first choice on that right wing, but an addition of another winger could potentially push Costa and Perveda further down the pecking order. So what would you do with them two? Because Costa was signed, of course, for £15 million just a couple of seasons ago. But if another winger was to come in... What what would you do with them sort of Helicoster and Ian Perveda? Um Personally, um, I see Perveda above Costa in the pecking order. I think when Perveda's come on, he's always give he's always come on and he's give that extra bit of pace. You know, we always like like likes to run at players, and I think when you bring someone like that on in the last stages of the game against defenders who have played eighty minutes and might not be as tired or might not have that fast burst of pace that they would have done in the first 20 minutes, I feel you get more out of Pervader then. So for me, I would potentially move Costa on. I think he's at that age as well where, you know, obviously Pervader's a lot younger, basically. Pervader's younger. There's more potential with Pervader. And I think, when I've, like I said before, when he's come on, I've seen more from Pervader than I have from Costa. Um, like I say, two good players. And like Costa is been good this season but I just feel that Pervade has more to offer going forward in the coming seasons I don't know what you two think about that as well or disagree well personally I agree with a lot, a lot of points that you said there um, Costa has had an underwhelming season and the data back set up have recently done an article on the Leeds United wingers and took a pretty heavy dive into all, all the stats behind them and Costa is considerably lower um, in terms of progression in terms of Chance creation is quite a lot lower than both Rafinha and uh, Jack Harrison are 
Um, so that he does produce slab. But one thing that he does bring, bring, which is actually better than Rafinha, is his defensive work. Uh, he actually he actually puts a similar amount of output to Jack Harrison um, over a 90 period, which will probably surprise some people. Because Jack is one of our most constant rafters of the ball. He's constantly moving around as Jack. But Halder does have that similar rate to him that he can help defensively. And he did have that one game where he came off the bench against Arsenal and... Although he made an early mistake in that game, he, he went on to have a very good game. I think he scored. Um, yeah, Pereira is de- definitely the more exciting prospect, though. He's got a lot of pace about him when he comes on, especially in the first game against City. He came on and he gave uh, Benjamin Mendy nightmares, I'm sure. He mm. absolutely ran, ran him ragged for that second half of that game, and it was beautiful to watch because Benjamin Mendy, he was at City at the same time as Pereira was as well. So I'm sure they know each other quite well. So I'm sorry if you wound him up about that after the game, which is always fun to see. <laughs> and as well as the left-backs, central midfielders and winger positions that we've already covered, there's also been a couple of centre-backs linked to Leeds in the last couple of weeks. The first was Omar Colley from Sampdoria, but we spoke to his agent who told us that he hadn't received any approach from Leeds and neither had Sampdoria, which suggested that that link was just media speculation. And the second was Hungary international and Fenerbahce centre-back Attila Sizzler. And his agent told us that he didn't want to comment about the situation, but that it was normal for a player of his calibre to be linked with clubs all across Europe at this stage of the season. And he also told us that in football, anything is possible. But I took that in the same way to Omar Collier, that it was just pure media speculation with no approach from Leeds. But it's clear that Leeds need a left-back and a central midfield and a winger that we've already spoke about, but do you think there's a need for another centre-back at the club, Jack? Personally, no. I, I don't. I think um, I think we're fine as we are. Uh, maybe if it's somebody to replace a fringe player. Obviously, I know the player in question right now isn't a fringe player. But I feel, why go out and spend a considerable amount of money on a position which we don't really need, you know? We've got Lorente, we've got Strauch, we've got Cooper, we've got Koch, all of which have been fantastic. So to bring another player into that equation, it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm not sure what you think, Martin, whether you disagree or not. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you there, Jack. It's um, a position that we've got great strength in. Um, obviously, it would be hard to turn down Ben White. <laughs> we all love him. Uh, ben White's a different question. We don't need... <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, we all love Ben, and obviously Calvin Phillips loves, loves Ben as well. So if that if that opportunity came possible, then yes, I'd say for, for Ben White, I'd make an exception. But we've uh, both right back. Sorry, sorry, uh, right centre back and left centre back. We've got two good options. At left centre back, we've got our captain Liam Cooper, and behind him, we've got Pascal Straub. And on the right, we've got Diego Lorente, a Spanish international, and behind him, we've got a German international in Robin Koch. So we've got plenty of strength there. I, don't, I can't imagine we would bring anything into the squad in that position other than potentially um, replacing the outgoing Oli Casey because he's, he's a centre-back and he's went to Blackpool on a permanent deal. So that's the only thing I can think of, maybe another body in the under-23s one that we can rely on if worse came to worse, basically. Yeah, there's also, of course, Charlie Creswell as well, who's seemingly going to be another one of the stars to come through and progress through Leeds Academy. But although the transfer knows in its very early stages, as we've covered today, the three main players that Leeds have been linked with over the last few weeks has been Nathan Nandes, Noah Lang and Junior Firpo. And it's believed that Leeds will be bringing in three first-team players this window. 
And if them three are the only players that Leeds bring in this summer, which I know is unlikely given the fact that players like Firpo suddenly appear from under the radar, but if they are the three players to arrive at Ellen Road, would you be happy with this transfer window, Jack? Um, yeah, to be fair, yeah. I don't... I'm not... I've never been someone to bring in a load of players. I, I think... I think, uh, my personal opinion, the best way to go about it is to season on season progressively build strengthen where we need to strengthen where contracts expire replace accordingly um, so for me quality over quantity you know you can bring in seven or eight players if they're all fringe players or if they're players who don't really go on and have that impact okay well what's it worth but if you've got three players who you know are assured and players who you know that are going to make a, an impact in the first team, then I'd have that any day of the week. You think the same, Martin? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with um, those three signings. Uh, but it does also hinge on whether Alioski signs, because I think if we do, if he does leave, um, I would imagine that we might actually bring in two left-backs, um, because we were looking to get one as well as Alioski. That's why we've got the contract on the table for him. So we've got that bit of extra... And, I think that's something which Bielsa also doesn't often do. So if he's said that he must want that depth there for whatever reason, it could be that some of the other fringe players and left-back position could be going out on loan. Uh, Leaf, very good Davis, could be going out on loan to the Championship Club most likely. I know there's been some links with a couple who have been interested in him. So that, that could be a potential. But if it was to sell three signings, uh, Lang, Nandez and Firpo, I, I would be happy. We all know Bielsa likes to keep a small squad. That would, if, if Bielsa's happy, I'm happy, basically. <laughs> He's worked wonders with, with what was essentially a championship side and got us into the top half of the table, something which some clubs have been there for a few years now and haven't managed, um, like our division divisional rivals, Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist a dig there. But yeah, that brings an end to episode one of LUFC Fanzo's Agent Talk. Thank you so much to Martin Riley for joining us and we'll be back again next week with more agent exclusive based on the week's transfer rumours and more expert analysis from Martin. And of course, if you want to give him a follow over on social media, he's on Twitter at MartinCBMRiley where you can follow him and watch all these stats that he posts on a daily basis. And just lastly, if you think there's a player that we've missed off this week's episode of Agent Talk or if you see Leeds linked with a player before next week's episode, send us a DM over on our LUFC fans on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll try our best to get a word from that player's agent in time for next week's episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.